summary of the Sikha. In this week's parsha, we find the prohibition to go to for a Jew to go back and live in Mitzrayim. The Torah says that the king shouldn't have a collection of horses because uh, horses were the the good horses, the chosen horses came from Egypt, and if he collects horses, then they'll start sending people back and. He doesn't want, Hashem doesn't want the Jewish people to go back to Egypt. You're not allowed to live, you're not allowed to settle in Egypt. Which leads to a well-known question, how is it that there were Jewish communities there, the Rambam himself lived there, even he himself says that you're not allowed to live there, and that's an ongoing question. But we have to understand about this prohibition in today. How does it apply today? We find that there is also a prohibition that a, a, an Egyptian man cannot marry into the Jewish people until the third generation. After converting, he has to marry another convert or whatever it is, or not, and then after three generations, they can marry into the third generation can marry into the Jewish people. So, in regards to this, the Rambam says, in regards to that prohibition, the Rambam says that when Sancheder, the king of Assyria, his method of uh, of uh, war tactics was that he would s- supplant all the, the citizens from one country to the to another country, and he would exchange citizenry. Why? Because he didn't want the people. If he conquered a country and he left the same citizens living there, they would constantly be fighting back with, uh, against him or trying to fight back. But once you move them to another country, they don't care about that other country. So what's the point of fighting back against someone in somebody else's country? And that's why he did that. So he rearranged all the populations of the area, wherever he conquered. So therefore today, the people that live in Egypt today are not the original Egyptians, and therefore someone that converts in Egypt today is, not, is considered to be not an Egyptian and therefore can marry in immediately. So based on this, we could ask the question, since the people living in Egypt today are not Egyptians, so then why is it prohibited to leave in Egypt? What's the problem with living in Egypt if it's not the Egyptians? Even though one could say that it's something about the geographical location itself, that this country for some reason engenders some kind of corruption, even if it's not the original Egyptians that lived there, whoever lives there today is also going to become equally corrupt, you could say that. But it doesn't seem like the reason, because the, the Rambam, the Sefer HaMitzvah says that the reason we're not allowed to go back to Egypt is because we shouldn't learn from their behavior. So therefore it seems like it has to do with the people that live there. And if it's not the original Egyptians, what is the problem? Why would it be different than living in any other non-Jewish country, which there is no such prohibition? So we're going to go back for a moment to discuss the prohibition to marry an Egyptian that we talked about before until the third generation, which um, boils down to the following issue. There is, in Torah, there is a concept of which means we go by the majority, and that has many applications. One of the applications are that, let's say as an example, if somebody finds a piece of meat in the street, we say, so he doesn't know, is it a kosher piece of meat that it come from a kosher butcher shop, a non-kosher butcher shop? So the halacha would be minatayra. The Rabbanon changed that, but minatayra, the halacha would be that kol de parish, meruba parish. We say, count the number of stores in the city. If there are more kosher butcher stores, then we assume it came from the kosher butcher store, which it, it came from the majority. 
if there are more non-kosher butcher stores, we say it most likely came from the non-kosher butcher store. But that is only if you found it in the street. But what happens if you walked into a non-kosher, if, into a butcher shop and you bought a piece of meat and you brought it home and then somebody says, which one did you buy it from? You, don't, you forgot, you don't know, you didn't realize. So now we can't say count the butcher shops and see if there are more kosher and assume that it came from a kosher one. No. Because it's kavua. If, you, if it came from its fixed place, from the place where it is originally, kavua, fixed, then we say, we treat the whole thing as if there is an equal amount of kosher and non-kosher and therefore you can't eat it. It's a suffix, it's a, a doubt whether it's kosher or not and you can't eat it. So keeping this in mind, now the, so we read from the Lavush. He says, when do we say that you're not allowed to marry an Egyptian till the third generation? That's in the early generation. That's in the early days. But now that Sancheirev, uh, you know, transport, transposed all the uh, citizens and so on, so the people that are now in Egypt are not the original Egyptians. Still, he says, a minority of the people that live there are the original Egyptians. So therefore the question should be it's Kavua since we're talking about Egyptians they're still living there and they're Kavua so it should be considered half and half. And you shouldn't be able to marry an Egyptian till the third the gen, uh, generation. So he says no because if once he converts so then he is separated from them and anyone that separates is Kavua. We go by the majority and therefore we assume that he's not originally Egyptian. So based on this uh, assumption of the Lavush, so then now, even now, that the majority of the people living in Egypt are not Egyptian, but since the minority are still living there and they're Egyptian, and the Goyim haven't separated from Egypt, so therefore it should still be considered Kavua, and therefore you're not allowed to move to Egypt even today. Since we have to consider Egypt to be inhabited by half and half, half Egyptians, and therefore the prohibition would still remain even today to move back to Egypt. But we still have to understand in regards to the marriage issue with an Egyptian in Shulchan Aruch and the Rambam Paskin that today we consider to the Egyptians to be non-Egyptian and therefore you can marry an Egyptian convert immediately. The question is, why don't they say that when is this, if he removed himself, once he was parish, if he moved out of his house, or he's not fixed into his original address and so on, he has to be parish. But if he wasn't parish, then you're not allowed to marry him, because then it should be considered kavua. And the question becomes even greater. What can be considered parish, that he removed himself, he would have to have removed himself from the country of Egypt in order not to be considered Kavua. Because once, uh, while he still lives in Egypt, he is still Kavua. Fix it's like be, the piece of meat that is in the butcher shop. Even though you may have moved it from one uh, shelf to another, that's not called Parush. It has to be Parush out of the place of Isur. So therefore, the Egyptian convert has to move out of Egypt in order to be considered a Parush. As we find a similar discussion in the Gemara in regards to what happens if a non-Jew marries a Jewish woman. He gives Kedushin to a Jewish woman. So normally we would say that a non-Jew cannot marry, there is no Kedushin, and therefore they just go their separate ways. There's no need for a divorce. But the Gemara says, but today, since the, uh, 
since the, we have to consider that maybe this person is one of the Aseris Hashvatim, one of the ten lost tribes which are Jewish, and he may be one of them, and therefore maybe he is Jewish, and therefore there should be a, a divorce, a get, the suffix. So the Gemara says, but why should we consider that? Call the parish, Meruba parish. This non-Jew comes, he's, part, he's most likely one of the, the majority of the other nations which are not the ten tribes, and therefore why do we have to consider that? So the Gemara answers, it's talking in a place where they are fixed, because meaning to say in those, as the Pasuk says, that uh, he brought the ten tribes to a certain type, to certain cities, and the Pasuk actually names the cities where he brought them to. So therefore in those places, they have to be considered, uh, they have to be considered that maybe it's one of them. So Rashi says that it's based on the idea of Kavua, that in those places, even though the majority of them are probably not the ten tribes, but since that's their place of Kvius, now therefore we have to consider as if it's half and half, and there's a possibility that he's Jewish. In other words, to say that in those cities, the entire city is considered to be a place of Kvius for the Aseris Hashvatim, and therefore even though they're a minority, we have to consider them to be half and half. So the same should apply in Egypt, that in Egypt, even the minority of uh, the people are originally Egyptian, you still have to consider them to be half and half. So the answer is this, the Rambam says that, kol mehem any one of them that separates in order to, from the Egyptians, that separates in order to convert. So the Rambam makes it about the conversion, that's what's called a separation. In other words, there are two ways in, one, in which one could separate from the group. One is physical location. He was there and now he moved to a new location. So therefore, like let's say in the case of Egypt, he moved out of Egypt. So therefore he separated himself um, geographically from them. Another way could be that he separates his, his status from them. Until now he was an Egyptian. Now he converted. So he's moved his status from an Egyptian to a Jewish person. And that's how he separated from them. And that is also a valid way of parish. And that's what we're talking about here, that the Egyptian that converts can marry immediately because he has separated himself from them in his status, and therefore he's no longer kavua in their community, and therefore it's not mechzal mechzam anymore. We consider him to be called a parish, meruba parish. But when it comes to the other Egyptians, that the minority of them are still from the original Egyptians of the, uh, or descendants of the original Egyptians, they are Kavua, they are still fixed in Egypt. Therefore, they have to be viewed as Kavua Machza or Machza, that they're half and half. And therefore, a Jew cannot live there because it is half inhabited by the original Egyptians and their corruption will still continue and their corruption will uh, can be, have an influence on the Jewish people and therefore in, re- in regards to living in Egypt even though they're still a minority they are kavua and they're fixed and therefore you're not allowed to live there you're not allowed to move there the Rebbe concludes the Sikha it was said the Rebbe said the Sikha a few weeks after the Six Day War in which Egypt took a great drubbing and they were embarrassed in front of the whole world by the way they lost that war to the Jewish people. So the Rebbe says now that the basis of we understand that it's all based on the fact that some of the original Egyptians still lived there. So just like then 
the Torah says back then by Yitzhiz Mitzrayim the Torah says you saw what I did to the Egyptians to the Egyptians and from this the Ebeshah says but you are to me a chosen nation and you should commit yourself to my covenant to the Torah and you shall be a Am Kaddish you should be a holy nation so in other words Hashem says because you saw what I did to them therefore you should be to me my holy nation so in this, that generation in 1967 where we saw the way Hashem punished the Egyptians for all the oppression that they did to the Jewish people in such an obvious way and, there, and, and it's the original Egyptians it's still talking about them therefore this should encourage us to become an Am school and to recommit ourselves to Torah once again